Hello Super Johnny, hello Super Trevor, it's me, Mario, woohoo, mamma mia, you guys, you're number one, woohoo, see you in my games, aha. Alright Slippy, we've got to go in and take out this core at Andros base. What? Take that junk out of your mouth. I can't hear a word you're saying. This is Fox McCloud, your commander. I said, listen up. We're going to take out this base. Oh, you're so frustrating. I can't understand what you're saying. Turn on our guidance systems. There's an asteroid field ahead. What are you saying? I'm going to strangle your little frog face. Don't even know what to do with you right now. Speak English, you stinking amphibian. There's an astro- People, <laughs> welcome to a brand new episode of Retro Blist. We are your host. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop singing now. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, uh, I am one of your hosts. I am Trevor Franklin. Is that nope. right? Incorrect. Oh, I am Trevor Franklin. Oh, then that makes me Johnny Townsend. Yeah, and we're glad to have you. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Of course, we're recording this in front of a live studio audience. Yes. Of millions and millions of people. And Funko Pops. <laughs> We're recording this in a world with millions of people. Yeah, that, that's true. We Very are. few of whom will ever listen. <laughs> or know who we are. Yep. But hey, welcome to Retro Bliss, your bi-weekly retro gaming podcast. What I'm trying to say is we're very insignificant. Exactly. Like, I mean, we're just really small. You could say we're stars in a whole galaxy. We're the smallest of the smallest stars. We're like the dust that collects on a star in a galaxy. <laughs> yes. We're Stardust. Yes. We're definitely not Star Fox. <laughs> no, not at all. That's a good segue. Can't yeah. believe that worked out. Yeah. Forced. <laughs> no, I didn't so, yeah, think so. we covered Star Fox, which we'll get to shortly. In your bi-weekly retro gaming podcast, you've probably been enjoying or avoiding the new mini episodes we've been releasing to fill in the gaps on our off weeks. Um, Johnny's, of course, been doing Retro Herald for a while, doing a bang-up job, although he was a little sleep drunk uh, last <laughs> time. And I started my own little mini thing called Trevor's Obsession. Some of you might have enjoyed that. Some of you might have tuned out. But we're giving them... Uh... The Johnny fans and the Trevor fans. Yeah. Both something. Both of the fans? Both of the fans. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I hope you're enjoying that, but welcome to an actual full episode of The Real Deal. This, what we've... Yeah, this is the this is the real cojone. After doing one of those mini episodes on my own, I kind of feel like I appreciate Retro Bliss more. 
Like yeah. it feels like the big event. It does. Yeah, yeah. it does. We, we give them little morsels to lead up to this. Yeah. And then after they've had this, they're like, that's it. Which is what Star Fox 2 is. Right. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're going to review Star Fox, which we've just played. Of course, this was a Super Nintendo game. This was also a Patreon pick. It sure was. In the month of November, uh, we did a random die roll to decide which Patreon game would be picked. And I got to say, we were pretty lucky it was Star Fox because it's a game that I owned. Um, I actually own the physical cartridge, which I played some, but also I have the SNES classic, which right. we played together here, which is how we played it. Yeah. Uh, Trevor, uh, before we get into the nitty gritty of mm-hmm. retro bliss, of course, this episode of retro bliss is brought to you by foxes. Hey foxes. Why are your faces so pointy foxes? What did the Fox say? So Patreon is a thing where people can give us money. They can, if they um, so choose. We had Zaxby's today. <laughs> we literally, this yeah. is no joke, uh, we've, <laughs> we almost always use the money to feed ourselves. <laughs> yep. So you could say, wait a minute, I thought you are supposed to be improving the podcast. You can't approve this. Uh, basically, it keeps us fat. Fed. <laughs> oh, yeah, fat, okay. Fat. It keeps us fed. <laughs> I don't know how to word this and it's not sound bad. Overweight. It makes it worthwhile for us to drive to get together and to record. Because, More hey, obese. we get a free lunch, literally. Yeah. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Although we were $8 short on a patron fund, so step it up, patrons. Yes, we had to go in half with our own lunch. I had to spend $8 of my own money to get us Zaxby's. It's because that Wendy's wouldn't be open like we need. Zaxby's is like fine dining for us. That is. That's yes. a that's a five-star restaurant yep. for us. Uh, um, But, yeah, go to <laughs> patreon.com. If you give us a dollar, you can listen to all our bonus audio episodes. And then our cuisine will get better for us. Yep. And, of course, you have to donate at the $5 level to vote on a game, which is how Star Fox is And it's covered. not worth it, but do it anyway. It's totally worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth um, it. <laughs> but it's like PBS. You donate because you believe in what they're doing. It's yeah. not because a hat is worth $40. Yeah. And then it becomes a habit, and you just, just, you just don't stop. Even though you're really not seeing any return for what you're giving. <laughs> but speaking of return... <laughs> We are we are an honest podcast to the best of our ability. We owe the patrons for October and November a bonus episode. So they're going to get two. You're going to get two really, really soon. Bonus episodes. So go to patreon.com and look for those. Also, last order of business. Please, 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 please sign up for an iTunes account. Whatever you got to do. And leave us a five-star iTunes review if you enjoy the show. We've not had a new review, I'm just going to say it, since June. Which makes me want to take a rock and um, break the rock open and see if it has one of those gemstones in it. Oh, okay. I see where you went there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's. I know people get tired of podcasts begging for that. I do. But it's literally the only way that iTunes will say, hey, uh, let's bump this podcast up a little, little bit yeah, when it comes like, to visibility. You're like, hey, I want to listen to a, a podcast about Earthbound. And they click on it and ours doesn't show up because not enough people reviewed Yes. Yeah. Actually, ours does show up, but it's just like five pages down. <laughs> that's that's a lot, though. Yeah. We want to be up on the first page would be our... Because, uh, look, I'm just going to be honest. We're so much better than a lot of those other <laughs> podcasts about video games. Even if you believe that was true. You can never say that out loud. <laughs> I just did. If you believed it was true. And I stand by it. You hear me? You uh, two fellas in a... <laughs> they don't even do Super Nintendo games. Oh, they don't? No. Okay. <laughs> 
much as how much I listen. <laughs> the only podcast besides this one that we endorse, are you listening, is Genesis Gems. And it's purely because we live in the same video game universe. Yes. And we're the Avengers of this. So uh, don't add us. <laughs> Come at me, bro. <laughs> What's happening right now? I'm trying to think of other podcasts I can say we're better than. We're uh, we're better than the IGN podcast. A hundred percent. It's not even close. We're better than um uh, the Nintendo Power magazine, the new one, because it doesn't what? exist. Oh, why'd you get my hopes up? <laughs> That's the only way I can. Say I don't we're think better. any new magazine will ever exist at this point. Isn't that sad? Yeah. Oh is. my gosh, you just depressed me. You know what else is sad? This is a very sad. This is a two dudes type tangent. But you know what else? <laughs> This is like inside, hurtful, <laughs> and rude, and unprofessional. Continue. Well, they don't even know who I am. Who That's cares? True. They really don't. <laughs> I'm just dirt underneath their shoe. <laughs> <laughs> they don't give two flying flip-flops who I am. They don't give two who you are. <laughs> they truly don't. Uh, but it's I've lost my train of thought. I don't even know where I was going to go. Uh, what was I saying? What were we talking about? Uh, oh, I remember now. Uh, you know the people who... I can't ever, it starts with a P, but the people who made the game guides that you saw all the time. Prama? Prama, they, fi- they finally went out of business. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know they weren't already, but still, oh. <laughs> I know. Huh. But sadly, they're just, nobody buys that stuff they anymore. They online. So it's gone. Yeah. Uh, well. I get it, save a few trees. I get it. But still, that stuff was cool. I'd murder a tree to get some manuals back in my games. I would straight up <laughs> destroy a tree with a chainsaw. <laughs> And just laugh maniacally as I was flipping through my Mario Odyssey book. <laughs> yes. The, the only games that come with books now are like these little indie companies that release like a special edition yeah. of a game. Like I got Undertale and, and it, it comes with a little book. And it's a big deal that it comes with a little yeah, book. Yeah, it's a big deal, yeah. yeah. But. What game do we play today? Star Fox. Oh, yeah. Now this is, of course, the Super Nintendo Star Fox. I don't think I'm wrong in saying that the N64 Star Fox was probably even bigger. But this is the start. This is the very first. It came out in 1993 for Nintendo. And we'll get into it with the graphics. But just up front, sort of the big deal with this game is it was a 3D game on the Super Nintendo. Yes. And it's not try- and it's not uh, one of those fake 3D games. No. This is polygons. A th- yeah, this is a 3D game. They might be rough polygons. We'll more on that later. But they are <laughs> polygons. They are 100% polygonal. Which is crazy. It's the Super Nintendo. I mean, the Super Nintendo's got some amazing looking games, but it is not a 3D machine. That's right. But we'll get into that with the graphics, but it is a space shooter, a shoot 'em up. Um, and uh, it stars Fox McCloud and crew. Yeah, now, Trevor, I'm, I'm going to let you in. Let's get into our history with the game. Okay. Because I think it's going to be very, well, it's, for me, it's going to be very small. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was one of those games I always wanted to play, never did until today. Uh, side note one of my favorite animals is a fox. I've always wanted to play this game because of that. I love, in in no particular order, foxes, uh, penguins, and tigers. Huh. Those are my jams right there. And I also like wolves. I do like wolves too, but whatever. But you know, uh, I do love a fox. And and I was all about this game wanting to try and play it. But I was afraid that I would just absolutely be so bad at this. I would be the two dudes of playing this game. (laughs) I don't even know what you're doing right now. I don't either. I'm tired. <laughs> you're just jealous because they're bigger than us. You I'm, don't even, you no, don't even know. hundred percent. hundred percent. It's pure jealousy. <laughs> and it's not even... We give them so much free advertisement. 
and they don't need it. Like they're doing awesome. They're doing great on their own. Nobody listens to us. We're giving them no advertising. That's true. <laughs> just we're a small peg. <laughs> we're that booger just barely just flipping out. Of the only nostrils. people that listen to us are the people that we stole because I yes. was a yes. horrible person. We had to steal every listener. Advertising on their boards. <laughs> I stopped doing that because I realized I'm really being annoying. <laughs> and I was most, told, stop. This is our most inside honest episode. What's wrong with us? It's 8.30. It's not that late. But every time we record after like 7 o'clock, we act really stupid. Well, I'm already in my mid-30s and you're inching very close to it. Oh. So maybe that's just a part of the deal. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, honestly, it's just pure jealousy if you're listening to dudes. I, We're totally kidding. I've you're, probably, you're probably the nicest guys in history. I've... I've <laughs> Just because people can't see us laughing, they can probably hear it. I've listened to their podcast for years. We're not making fun, but, I am. but we like to make fun. Yes. I mock what I'm jealous of. Um, but where in the heck were we? Just like I make fun of Trevor for being happily married and I'm just all alone. This is getting too real. We got up. All right. So let's just get this ball rolling. Yes. Okay. My history with Star Fox the Super Nintendo game, uh, I got it way late in the Super Nintendo life and honestly did not play it that much. Again, makes for a boring yeah. discussion. But absolutely loved Star Fox 64, which is really the Star Fox that I played. I just kind of missed this one. Star Fox 64 I want to cover later. But I was glad to go back into this game because it's been a long time since I played it. That's right, yeah. So. Uh, I don't know why I said that's right when that's your experience. That's right, but yeah. That's right, yeah. yeah. So I, I've definitely played it, but not as much as Star Fox 64. So that's, so, uh, but obviously it's a game we both know that it's in, yep. it's in the upper, uh, like one of the big names for yep. Nintendo. It's the series that is big for Nintendo, but that they don't show a lot of love to. It's the retro blessed of Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I would say, um, Actually, uh, F-Zero is the retro blessed of Nintendo because they don't show any love to that anymore. <laughs> it doesn't even exist in their minds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that's right. Let's yeah. be honest. We're the Bubsy 3D of podcasts. No, I refuse. Okay. <laughs> that's, yeah, that feels too mean. Even. I'll put us down 100% into the dirt that we deserve to be, but that's too far. <laughs> that's that's that too, too far. far. <laughs> we're the earthbound of podcasts. Nobody cares about us anymore. But we're good. Nobody cares about us that can do anything about it. <laughs> but our fans love us. How's you just, that? You just somehow <laughs> mocked us and the people who listen to us. Yes. At the same time. Nobody in power gives two cents about us but the people who do love us like earthbound we have a lot of very talented listeners trevor yes that's what i'm saying is our listeners are amazing yeah they are they're this very is, great we've done 15 minutes but of they garbage. haven't done flipping crap for us to be honest <laughs> this podcast has been 15 minutes of garbage this is the episode where people don't listen anymore they listen to us and we're just berating them left or right why is it every time we cover a big game like this that might draw in some new people yeah that expect a certain level of quality we yeah. get loopy. Star Fox. Star Let's Fox. get into it. All right. Music. <laughs> Music, Trevor. Music. Music. We both love music. Yes. I, yeah, okay, we do. I'm glad. I was worried you were not going to agree yeah. with me there for a second. Well, I was like, eh, it's all right. <laughs> just in general music. Yeah, music. Yeah. I, you know what's weird? This I do know some people who are like, well, I can take it or leave it when it comes to music. Yeah, that does I, weird me out. I don't understand it. Yeah. <laughs> but like, okay. Just all music? Just, yeah. Like, eh? <laughs> I mean, whatever. Whatever floats your boat. Whatever flies your ship like Fox does. Yeah. The music, Trevor, does it fly your ship? 
actually, I'm glad you let me speak first because I'm not sure that you agree, but it does. Uh, I think this music is really impressive. It's um, actually, it reminds me of Zelda Ocarina of Time. I did say that to you. I said yeah. I get a certain Zelda vibe for some of these, certain parts of some of the yeah. music. And almost Ocarina of Time, which is an N64 game, more than the other ones. Yeah. It's very epic. I mean, let's be honest. The whole thing is influenced. It's got to be influenced by Star Wars. I don't know if it officially oh, is. But 100%. 100%. And the music goes for that epic vibe, but it almost sounds like a Zelda game in some ways. Yeah, it really does. Uh, I do believe... I don't think I liked it as much as you, but I still liked it. I mean, especially that first... Uh, the first world area. Yeah. That music there is really, really good. That corn area thing. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's still in my head now. I think it's almost underrated. Like you don't hear yeah. about it as much when you hear about awesome gang uh, right. songs, but it's, it's very really good. Cool. It gets you hyped up. It could almost be for like the opening of an anime. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's very good. I like that. I like that song in particular a lot. Yeah. I think the whole thing just sounds very orchestrated and space opery, which is what it's going for. Yeah. I really dug it. Like, I would not dig this music in every game. So did you dig dug it? But I think it works in this game. So you did I dig dug dig it. I dig dig it. You dig dug it too, did it? Okay. Uh, the, the other thing, too, is since this is music slash sound, I was very impressed with the fact that not only did this game have a lot of music, not only was this game in 3D, but they also stuck in some real voices in this. Yes. Some actual people talking does happen. So when you launch out of your base... Um, and you know, I just realized when we said we we're going to do this episode, a lot of people haven't played Star Fox, so maybe we should backpedal here in a second and give the setup for the story. There's not much of one, but at the beginning of the game, you fly out of your base on the planet Corneria, and the voice is really funny but also impressive. He's like, "Emergency, emergency!" Yeah, yeah. And there's a couple more voices that happen, and they say a couple other. I mean, it's, it's not happening all the time. Yeah. Uh, when we get into gameplay or whatever, when we talk about the other characters, most of those, if you could tell by our opening skit, which was based on that, don't actually have voices. They just make really chirps yeah. and noises meow, like meow, that. Meow, meow, meow. Yeah. Think, uh, I guess, Charlie Brown's parents type deal. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I do, I think overall, though, music and the sound was quite impressive for this game. Yeah, it's quite an impressive package. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> much. No, no, yeah. no. Yeah, sorry. Uh, but yes, yeah, so real quick, basically, we should have said this already, but you're Star Fox, you're the commander of a crew of four. Um, it's all cute little animals. What is it? Anthropomorphic, is that the word? Yeah. I think I said that right. Yeah, it's animals that are kind of like people. Yeah. Uh, so, Andrew, I, I was laughing because one of our friends who also listens to the show, Andrew, shout out Andrew Coed, uh, he said that, uh, well, I mean, we'll get to it when we talk about our, our comments and stuff, but I, I think it's appropriate to bring this up yeah. now. He said that the fact that there's cute little animals on it kind of made him not want to play it. Yeah. And I'm the complete opposite of that. That's the only reason I even wanted to give this a shot. Yeah. <laughs> I did think that was interesting. Yeah. Um, th- that is a thing, though. Like, the, the setup for this game is you're sort of, sort of cute animals. But otherwise, this could be a serious space shooter like any other. Oh, that's the only part that's quote-unquote cute. Yeah. Like, the actual game itself was pretty dark because you're constantly blowing stuff up. Uh, well, this is more in the gameplay, but... Stuff happens that's pretty dark. You're trying to get to the planet Venom to take out Andro- Andros, who's trying to destroy your planet, yeah. Corneria. Think of the Death Star. You're trying to take off the Death Star, basically. Exactly, exactly. So, Trevor, I think it's time that we get into the graphics. Bling's like a graphics thing, right? 
<laughs> sure. Whatever. Yes. This is a big deal with this, this game. Is, yeah, this is, and this is tough too. This is tough to talk about because uh, what year did this, did this game come out, Trevor? It came out in 93. For the Super Nintendo, a 16-bit system. Yes, which was never meant to play 3D games. Right. And this is a 3D game. Exactly, exactly. Um, the FX chip, this was the first game to use it. It was an introductory game. Um, there was also uh, uh, FX Stunt Racer. There was a Motocross FX game. And some others I can't remember right now. Um, but this is different. Like uh, F-Zero or Mario Kart, that's Mode 7. That's just something the Super Nintendo itself can do. Yeah. This is different. The FX chip is something actually... It's, it's software that's built into the <coughs> game itself. And I knew I would forget the name of this company. I want to say Andros, but that's not right. Ah, Argonauts. No. Argonaut is the company that developed this technology. It was two guys from what I understand. One of them was like 17 years old. And they came up with this technology that let basically 3D graphics exist where they shouldn't, is the way I, my simple brain understands it. And Nintendo said, <clears throat> hey, we're impressed. Uh, work with us. And that's what happened. Yeah, so graphically, this game is... This is where this gets tough, because we're grading this how it is now. This is... To me, this is the toughest part for this yeah. game. Um... Wow. Like, how would you... Let's put it this way. <laughs> it's aged. Uh, uh, it definitely shows its age to me. Yeah. It definitely does not look near as good as, like... I mean, it's not even fair to say, but 3D games now. Like, it's nowhere, nowhere near that. But if you just try to realize, when this game came out, that it was, like, beyond impressive that mm -hmm. it could do this stuff. That it was this 3D. It was, it was to me, it's probably one of the first fully... So I, maybe, I don't know, did Doom kind of come out at the same time as this? Doom on Super Nintendo wasn't 3D, but it did but they were going for give that. the illusion of it. Yeah. yeah. But this this one felt fully 3D. It felt like you could yeah. go wherever you wanted to. For the most part, though, it, it kept a linear path. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Like It gets tough for me to, to say that this game today still looks good graphically. Because mm -hmm. honestly... If you're just walking by the TV and you see somebody playing this, you might just first think, "What a, what a mess of polygons." <laughs> My wife was watching me play, and yeah. she said, "What are you playing?" <laughs> yes, yes. It's it is it's the funniest thing. This game possibly pushed the Super Nintendo. I would say definitely pushed the Super Nintendo, probably more than any officially released game. More on that later. Techni technology wise, yet it looks so much more dated than. The launch game, Super Mario World, it looks so much more dated because it was pushing the hardware so hard. Which comes back to something that we say all the time with these mm -hmm. older systems. A lot of these games that pushed for more of a 3D look have a rougher time if they don't have a certain style mm -hmm. about them of holding up graphically. But you, that's totally true. But you know the best thing I can say about the graphics to give some context Two things. First, the Atari Jaguar, which is Atari's last home console, um, built itself as a 64-bit machine. You know, built itself as being so much more powerful than the Super Nintendo. I feel like most of the Atari Jaguar games looked like this. Yeah. But didn't play as good. Right. <laughs> so, if the Atari Jaguar build that, you know, it's a big deal, and here the Super Nintendo could do this, that's pretty impressive. The second thing I'll say is Bubsy 3D. 
was on the PlayStation, a much more powerful system, which was a 3D machine. <clears throat> and I think parts of this game, which might sound like a cut down to Star Fox, because Bubsy 3D is terrible. <laughs> but parts of this game does sort of look like that basic polygonal look of Bubsy 3D. Yeah. But it's on a much weaker system, which, shame on Bubsy 3D, but you know. But I think that's a great thing to compare it to PlayStation 1 games. Yeah. Which, uh, we covered uh, Medal of Honor, for example. Right. A game that I really, truly still love, mm-hmm. and I still liked, and the memories came flooded back when I was playing it. But compared to games now, that, I mean, case in point, I've been playing Battlefield Five. Mm-hmm. And like it's like it really makes you think of how old Metal of Honor looks now. It just doesn't. It just doesn't hold up because it's going for yeah. that realistic look. Uh, the reason that a lot of older Nintendo games still hold up graphically is they have a sense of style, a certain sense of style mm-hmm. about them, a sense of art direction that they have. Uh, this one, the, the, what confused me about Star Fox is the the main part of the screen the game that you're playing is fully polygons going going awry. They're going everywhere, all over <laughs> yep. the screen. But underneath that, you have this, uh, like these the characters will show up when they're talking, mm-hmm. uh, but it's in a totally different style. It's in 2D. more it's in more like a Nintendo yeah. style. And I, I was telling you, I was like, I I get why they did that thing to push the system, and I think mm-hmm. it was probably the smart way to go. But I just think it's it really makes me sad that the game that's on the bottom <laughs> one fourth of the screen isn't the whole game how it looks. Yeah, because the the little bits and pieces of two D art are really good. Yeah, it does make you wonder what Star Fox on Super Nintendo would have been if it was just a fully two D animated game. Yeah, but it did pave the way for Star Fox sixty four, which was just an awesome three D experience. So yeah, I don't know. Like, I am curious what would have happened if Star Fox had started out as a 2D game. And I don't think it would have existed, though. I don't think it would have existed if they didn't discover this FX technology. I agree. It wouldn't so. have. So we wouldn't have Star Fox whatsoever. Uh, so that's the kind of the catch-22 with it. But, but i got to agree with you. My gut instinct is this game is just ugly now. Yeah, it is. But when you really play it and spend some time with it, it's not quite that simple. It's ugly, but it still impresses you sometimes. When yeah. you remember the system you're playing. Yeah, on. which is what I say on my Tinder profile. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Swipe right. <laughs> And all my Tinder profiles I protect. <laughs> uh, let's move on. I actually don't even know how Tinder works. I'm going to be honest. No. When you said Tinder profile, I was not thinking what it is. Okay. Um, oh, you want me to explain it to nope. you? Um, <laughs> anything else to say about the graphics? Because I'd be making it up. I don't understand it. Uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, I think we kind of covered it already. It is super polygonal. Um, I was trying to think of some of those... What's that Sega game? Oh, goodness. Is What's it, that one race? Space Harrier? I was trying to think of the oh, race- virtual racing. Yes, yes. So Sega did come out with their own telling technology. Technology on the Genesis. I don't remember what it was called, but virtual racing. Yeah. But this works, and I and I bought virtual racing and tried to play it because it impressed me at the time. In fact, I think I played that before Star Fox. Uh, Star Fox works way better. <laughs> yeah, but they re- they really reminded me of each other. They do. Yeah. Yes, it's so Sega did catch up sort of with that 3D, but it really didn't work too well. Right. On the Genesis. And Virtua Fighter. I think it's the other one I was thinking Virtua of. Fighter, yeah. And, you know, once you had the Saturn... Here's what I'll compare it to. Star Fox almost looks like an early 3D Sega Saturn game. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Which is impressive. It's on a 16-bit yeah. system. Well, let's get into the big uh, the big kahuna for this. Okay. That, of course, is the gameplay. Yep.
So it's shoot 'em up, but in 3D. I love shoot 'em ups, like space shoot 'em ups that are 2D. But yeah. this is a different beast. This is like Space Harrier. I've not played a lot of them. It's just not my type of game normally. I always feel like I get lost <laughs> Yeah, when I'm in a flying thing because I get like literally the skies all around you mm-hmm. going up and down and left and right and I get confused which direction I've just went. Yeah. Uh, any game that has any sort of flying, the flying parts, I always, always, always do terrible at because of this. Uh, this one, however, kind of keeps you on a linear path, which helped me immensely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I was able to kind of figure out the controls. Uh, the controls, though, are inverted. And for me and you, that's just fine and dandy because we uh, grew up with Goldeneye. But the kids today uh, hate inverted and they yep. don't understand why we play it that way. Yep. So I kind of wonder uh, if people... But you said you can change that? Oh, yeah, there's like four or five yeah. control schemes. But anyway, if if I'm just wondering how many kids are like, how do, how do these people play this? Yeah, I'm sure they are. Yeah. So yeah, when you first this the game's a little overwhelming when you first play it. I bet it would blow a mind a kid who's like their first game was Fortnite. Yeah. And that's all they've ever played and they try to play this and probably blow their little minds. They probably would I hate to tell you this, it, Fortnite looks better than that game. Oh yeah, I just mean to blow their minds like yeah. how does this work? Yeah. Oh I agree. I, with I can't you. play this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then they probably make fun of us for liking it. Uh-huh. Um but yeah, so the default controls down shifts your plane up, <clears throat> up moves your plane down, left and right, go left and right. But you can hold the right bumper or the left bumper to turn super sharp and turn your R-wing up on its side. Yes, which is vital at times. <clears throat> if you press the bumpers twice, you do a spin. Which I don't know if it does much, but it seems to help you dodge bullets sometimes. Yeah. Um, but that, that, uh, that the L bumper and L- R bumper, I can't speak all of a sudden. That really does make you feel the, the full... Like, it almost justifies this being a 3D game. Yeah. Like, when you fly in a tight space... Again, like Star Wars, like the Enterprise. Like the Enterprise. <laughs> there it goes. I can't say I did that on purpose either. The Millennium Falcon. Yeah, yeah when, Han, through the, when Han Solo and Captain Kirk were fighting. Uh-huh. We're fighting. Over we're fighting this. Gandalf. Yeah. But, yeah. So that's cool. Uh, the Y button. This is all the default controls. You can change it. The Y button shoots your phasers. B button breaks, which you do actually need to do occasionally. The X button uh, is like a boost. And Which you need to get through tight spaces sometimes. And the other button's an atomic bomb. Yes. It might as well be. I don't know what it's called, but it's like it looks like an atomic yeah, bomb. Yeah, it's a huge explosion. Your limited bombs are very important. I save them for the boss fights, because the boss fights are yeah. hard. Yeah, I agree. That's the only <clears> reason <throat> to use them is for those. Uh, but uh, there's there's three different levels, as in uh, difficulty levels. You got one, two, and three. One being the easiest, three being the hardest. But, like, Trevor showed me, because I played through level one, obviously. And it looks completely, even the, even the game looks like, for example, the first level mm-hmm. uh, on level, if you're level, playing level one, first level, it's all green and beautiful. And it's bright mm-hmm. and you're fighting enemies and stuff. And then if you switch to level three, you go into it, it's like it's on fire. It's just yeah. orange. It's dusk or whatever. And the whole world's burning <laughs> and the enemies are twice as three times as hard. And the boss looks totally different. Mm-hmm. So I can appreciate it for that because uh, if you just play through it level one easy, you can get through it and beat it. Trevor, I sat there watch Trevor beat it, mm-hmm. and I guarantee you it took you maybe half an hour at the most. Yeah, thirty it, to forty. Maybe. Yeah, it didn't take you that long at all. It's it's kind of an arcade game in that aspect. Yeah, and what you're saying I think is one of the cool things about the game that I don't remember at all. It adds replay value. It does because you can choose. It's called levels in the game. But it's really like path one, path two, path three. Yeah. Because you actually play, some levels are totally different. 
Like, if you play Path 1, you can go from the beginning to the end and finish the game. But there's some levels that are totally different if you pick Path 2, for example. Yeah. Um, and then even the levels that are named the same have big differences. But, so really, there's only six levels per se, and you can beat the game. But really, there's more like 18 levels. Although they're not all completely different. Yeah. There's 18 levels, basically. They, they change enough stuff to me to make you want to see how, what, yeah. what each one's different, where it's different, and how each of the bosses is different from each other. But even the level one, like Johnny said, I finally managed to beat it. And it's a, it's a good, healthy challenge. I mean, yeah. it's, it's very doable, but it's tough. It is not a cakewalk. No, not at all. And the, to the point that I'm looking forward to doing the second and third difficulties, but I, I can't even imagine beating that final level in the third difficulty because it was already so hard. That's right, that's right. But, I mean, as far as the gameplay itself, you're shooting a lot, but the thing that kind of... I think the part that really sets it apart is there's a lot of things you have to dodge. Yes. So you got to be fancy with your flying, too. And then on top of that, the other thing... Is that you're flying? You're not the only one flying. Mm-hmm. You have uh, it's a whole squadron, I guess, would be the best way to put it. It's yeah. four of you, and there's other characters. And where this game gets dark is some of those characters will bite the dust. Yeah, and if you finish the game without them, they're not there. And what Andrew was concerned with, I think, mainly was that they'd have annoying voices. <laughs> but they don't even have voices in this. They literally just go like that, and you just kind of tune it out, and you read the dialogue underneath, yeah. and that's what it does. Basically, all it is is sometimes the enemy will try to attack them and they want you to save them. Yeah. Sometimes they'll fuss at you because you shoot an enemy they were going for. Yeah, I don't understand because I don't feel they help you at all. (laughs) I don't really think they do. I think it's just to give you some company. But I think the point of them is to give you another goal because the more health your your partners finish the level with, the more points you get. Yeah. Yeah. The more points you get, the more continues you earn. So that's sort of their point. Is you do want to protect them if you want more points, basically. Well, let's just say this. By the time Trevor beat the game, he only had one comrade yeah. left. <laughs> Even on level one, I only yeah. had Falcon left. Yeah, he's only or one Falco, of which is it? It's one of the... It's a bird. It's Peppy the Hare. Slippy. Slippy the Toad, who yep. everybody says is the annoying one. But in this first one, you don't hardly even notice it. I don't understand how any of them are annoying when they don't really have... Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're just kind of there. Andrew, do not let that affect yeah. you. This is not going to matter in this game. They, they literally are just cannon fodder. And Falco's <laughs> like the cool one. He's too cool for school. Yeah, yeah. He's but, got a bit of an attitude. Yeah. But, so, the setup of each level is the same. Make it to the end, shoot the enemies, dodge things. The general, the basset hound, whatever he is, uh, tells you what's happening, and he kind of moves the story along. Uh, The big bad guy is... Andross. Andross, and he's pretty much like a giant monkey ape type guy. Yeah, he looks like an ape. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, it's a... It can be beaten in one sitting, but the replay value is in playing in the higher difficulties, Mm -hmm. where it actually changes things up. Which is pretty nice. I like that it does it that way because there's no save feature, but there doesn't need to be. Right. You just play through one difficulty level. Then the next day, if you beat that, you come through and try the other path. Yeah. So that's cool. And I think paths two and three are going to be so hard that it's going to be a long time before you finish the game. I think so, too. And, and it's it's a game I actually wouldn't mind playing for points, either, because it's kind of arcadey. It really is. So. It really is. All right, Trevor, is there anything else about the gameplay before we get into our uh, actual review? Um, I'll just say, as far as the level types, you got the open areas like Corneria. You got ones that are that take you inside the ship. But here's a pro tip: you can press the select button and get change your view back to outside the ship. And I prefer that. I don't like it when you can't see the ship. Um, but you go through like asteroid fields that are like open space, but you're still kind of stuck to. Yeah. A, I think Panzer Dragoon. I think Panzer Dragoon owes a lot to this game, and I love Panzer Dragoon. Um, 
you're on a set path. It's, it's sort of like a, it's a rail shooter. Yeah, there's the word we didn't come up with. Um, <laughs> then you got levels where you're actually inside, like the ships. Yeah. And it's tight corridors, and you've got to dodge the walls and the pillars. I tell you what, what yeah. really stood out is at one point you're flying in space, and all of a sudden this giant ship shows up, and you got to fly through the middle of that ship. Yeah. That just felt like Star Wars to me, uh-huh. and that's what they were going for. So, and I, to me, on a 16 bit system, that was impressive. It really was. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. You make it through six levels. There's, I think there's actually seven boss fights because there's two in level six. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, some of the bosses are totally different if you pick a different path. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty I much I think that's it. Yeah. Let's get into our final reviews. I can do it. Okay. I'm, I'm I still thinking. I believe in you. Yeah. <laughs> so when I first, again, not a whole lot of experience with this one. And when I first started playing, I was like, oh my goodness. It was a little bit of a culture shock. Because these polygons are big and flat. And this frame rate is, oh gosh, 10 frames per second. Yeah. It, 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 and it gets yeah. slower at times. Yeah. Because a lot of stuff's happening on that screen. It's very slow. This is not only early 3D. This is 3D that should not exist. Yes. <laughs> so it is very impressive in that regard. But at first, I did not think I was going to get used to it. The controls, my advice, unless you really just cannot stand inverted controls, my advice is to stick with the first option and just try to get used to it. Because when I tried to switch to where it's not inverted, it really threw me off. So I, I, But once I stuck with it, the point is, my opinion of this game crept up about a point every 30 minutes I spent with it. In other words, every time I tried to do a playthrough of it, my, my, my score went up a point. My, my, my score. My, 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 my. Because I played it at home uh, on my Super Nintendo and made it two Andros, didn't beat them. Tried the second and third difficulties, didn't make it very far. But then we played it here and did manage to beat it all the way through. Beat Andros. Um, shot his face into oblivion. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I really, I, I, I'm digging this game. I think it's aged a lot. I think if this was a Nintendo, like Nintendo's not done many just straight up shoot 'em ups that I know of. I can't really even think of one. If this was a Nintendo shoot 'em up that was just pure 2D, like putting all this power into just pure 2D awesomeness, I would probably really love it. But as it is, it's it's just a game that's stuck in time for sure. It has aged tremendously. But you know what? I realized I'm still really getting into it. I was still on the edge of my seat. My palms were getting sweaty trying to beat Andros. I was having a blast. So, my score went from, uh, to, huh, hmm. And then finally, uh, yeah. <laughs> Which is a 7.5 out of 10. So, yeah, it's 7.5. Yeah, because it is aged, but I ended up really enjoying it. So, yeah. 7.5 out of 10. I agree with everything you just said. Uh, it's definitely aged 100%. I think if you just look at this game graphically, it might turn you off. Yeah. And it might keep you from playing it, but that would be a shame. Because this game really, truly is, uh, it's it's like that, <laughs> it, you know, when you're growing up and uh, and people are always teaching you, hey, you need to uh, not judge a book by its cover. Mm-hmm. You need to get to understand or meet or get to know the person and judge them by their character instead of what they look like. And I think that's really true for this game. Yeah. As corny as that sounds, 
because I feel the game's personality and what it actually has to offer is way better than what it looks like currently. Mm-hmm. Because it's just it's just it's just aged. I mean, it was impressive from when it came out, but by today's standards, it's just it's just honestly, it's just in my opinion, it's just ugly. <laughs> but I ended up loving this game too. I really liked it, and that's impressive considering I normally don't like flying games. I don't feel like I'm good at them, and I feel like I get bored with them really easy. But this one's got enough character in it that I really liked it overall. Mm-hmm. There are some cons that we've already kind of went over, and that does kind of keep it from being like an 8 and above. I can't give it an 8. You gave it a 7.5. I think it's more than fair. Uh, I'm going to go with a 7. That's what I felt like in my head the whole time. I really liked it. I would totally go back and play this again 100%. Trevor, how much is this game going for? About $15. 100%. I think it's worth that. This, to me, is Retro Blist approved. It is, and i got to be honest with you, I'm surprised. I really thought you were going to hate it, because I thought I kind of did at first. Yeah. But you just got to you gotta stick with it a little bit. You will get past the graphics if you're our age, I think. Yeah. If you're younger, I can't promise that. Yeah, that's a I'm good not point. Sure. That's a good point. You know, a lot but, of times we will recommend a game if we think it's good for people who have families and want to introduce their kids to games. I don't know about this, this one, one. This one I don't know, and not, and it's not because... That there's anything that like a like a, a kid couldn't watch. There's no. nothing. I mean, it's all just polygons. There's nothing crazy in it, mm-hmm. except for the fact that you get to watch your little frog friend get blown up. Yeah, <laughs> but he's in his ship, so you don't see anything yeah. but an explosion. Uh, but they might not just get into it because of how it looks graphically. I don't know. You know who I think is going to love this game? It's people that? like Andrew Coed, <laughs> who I think he's got a lot of love on this is. episode. I think he, he uh, likes these sort of old school polygonal shooter type games, the games that. I might be just putting words in his mouth. I'm not sure how to word it, but games almost look like they belong more in the early PC era instead of a console, but maybe avoided it because they thought it was cutesy or oh, it's just a Nintendo game. But it's actually a really serious space shooter, a polygonal space shooter. I think people like Andrew are going to love this game yeah. if they give it a chance. Yeah. Uh, so we recommend at least giving it a shot. Yeah. Uh, it's 15 bucks, like you said, or get it on the uh, SNES Classic. You get that yep. and a bunch of other great games on there. Because you so. know what else is on the SNES Classic? What's that? Star Fox 2. Good point, Trevor. And also, I feel like we set that up perfectly. We did. Uh, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on Star mm-hmm. Fox 2. We just want to give a quick overview. Trevor's actually played through the whole game. I've seen it. <laughs> uh, I didn't actually play it, but I watched, what, like a level? I think I watched the whole level. Yeah. Uh, if you even call it levels, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't even know how to explain this game. Uh, really quickly, though, Trevor, overall... If somebody asked you, uh, Trevor, Star Fox 2, uh, should I play it? What would you say? Yes, you should play it if you have a SNES Classic. But don't go out of your way and play Star Fox instead. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you have to choose between the two. I'll just be honest. I've heard some really good things about this one. Some people didn't like it so much. Let's just say up front. It's not horrible. It's not horrible. But it kind of it kind of ruins part of what I love about Star Fox. So just real quick, I did play through it because it is even quicker than Star Fox, and in my opinion, doesn't even have the challenge. But it's there really, are three difficulty levels. I will say though, like to even call the first difficulty level bosses bosses is uh, ridiculous. Yeah. So the way this one's set up, and and by the way, this is a game Nintendo never officially released. The way the story goes is Miyamoto. Star Fox 2 was done. They were ready to start produce, producing it. 
But that's weird though to me because it doesn't feel completely finished to me. Yeah, that's the story. I'd wonder if it was really ever fully finished. Like I think it's close. Yeah, but I don't feel it was it was finished. finished. Right. Because some of the music sounds off, like you said, yeah. and I agree with you there. Uh, but I I don't know. But uh, the story was he said no, the N sixty four is right around the corner because this game was going to come out in ninety six. The N sixty four is right around the corner. This game is going to look dated as soon as it comes out. So he said no, let's not release it. So it's crazy. They put a lot of resources into this game and it never came out. Oh, you can still tell there's a lot of work in it. Yeah. Yeah. So the only way to play it officially is on the SNES Classic as a bonus game. But the way it's set up is it's set up almost like a strategy game. you got all these planets out in front of you and you can go to any of them in any order. You fly around like on a map in real time. But you're trying to protect Corneria that's being attacked by missiles and stuff. And your objective is to make it to Planet Venom, you know, and kill Andros again who has returned. But you can kind of do it in any order you want, as long as you don't let Corneria die. But the levels are just like choppy little levels. They're yeah. like you might just be facing a couple enemies at a time. And so the, it just feels bite-sized to me. It doesn't feel yeah. epic like Star Fox. Because I even, I even, I even struggle to call them levels. Yeah, because they're really short. It, yeah, the the biggest thing it has are like the it's, bases. It's almost to me. It's almost like an interactive board game in a way like a strategy board yeah. game yeah and like almost your turn based battles are yeah. when you have a fight yeah but I don't think there's enough to it for that to really work but the closest thing it has to real levels are the bases but this is where I just decided nope this is not as good as Star Fox yeah it's just not I didn't think so either because on the bases you turn into the little walker you can actually walk your R-Wing yeah and it's impressive 3D it is a true 3D environment but it reminded me a ton of Bubsy 3D which, again, is a slander against Bubsy 3D because that was a PlayStation game. Yeah. But it controlled like Bubsy 3D, and it looked like Bubsy 3D in those areas where you're walking. That's also another reason I don't feel this game was finished. I think they would have polished that up a little bit more. Again. In, in controls, at least. Again, it's a Super Nintendo game. It shouldn't even exist to begin with. <laughs> yes. It's amazing in like that aspect. Like it shouldn't exist. Because it's, it's even more 3D than the original Star Fox. Like, there's yeah. polygons everywhere. Yeah. But it's just not as much fun. And there's times where you can literally explore a whole circle, your circular yeah. area, which is impressive. We're not. Go- I don't think we should give this game a score. We just wanted yeah. to bring that up. Uh, if I think if you have a SNES Classic and you've unlocked it, just just out of curiosity, I think you should just see it. Yeah, it's different. I would be curious to see what other people yeah. think because I tried to make myself like it, but and and I will go back to it. I didn't hate it. But it's also like I would just play Star Fox over that. Any, I, any I would rather day. play. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. play through Star Fox five times before I pick this up again. Yeah. So, All right, Trevor. That's my opinion. And we're sticking to it. Yeah. We are sticking to it. All right. So that was Star Fox Two. Uh, Trevor, I think it's time that we get into that moment when our fans happen to give us some <clears throat> feedback. I don't know what we could call that though. Fan, Fan feedback. feedback. Facebook, mm-hmm. and you join the Retro Blist on Facebook, yep. you can have fun with us there. Uh, Andrew Cohen says, this is who we've uh, been mentioning this whole time, Andrew, you're a star on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I have never played Star Fox. I do like space combat games, but this one screamed game for babies to me, and it, it's certainly not. No. <laughs> uh, when it came out, and, it, and I was not into anything cute like that in my teens, which I understand if you're a teenager when yeah. it comes out. I, I get it. Still doesn't appeal to me much, but I know it is beloved. 
Isn't there a talking frog named Slabby or something? If you convince me he's a good character, I will give it a try. I'll convince you that his character is of no circumstance. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's just there. He doesn't... No. Like, he's... Uh, it's not going to matter. Maybe in Star Fox 64 they have more going on, but in this one it really doesn't matter. Yeah, it's, it's not going to matter one way or the other. If you can, uh, if not, I will just be content just knowing what the definitive voices and all of retro gaming think of it. Then Rich VD said, I used to love this game growing up and was blown away when it first came out. It's a little drought uh, to go back to, and the 64 version with analog controls is much better. It's still a great game that pushed what the SNES could do. I'd love to see this game make a comeback on the Switch. Me too. All right. Trevor, uh, what if instead of Facebook, I just happen to want to go to Instagram town? I think you should do that and follow Retro Bliss, and we'll give you nothing but a hard time. Sean CV79 said, I've always been curious about this game. Am I remembering right that you can use the super scope on this game? Or is my childhood just one big lie? Sean, I think I can say definitively that your childhood is one big lie. Do we know that for a fact? Do you want to Google it while I'm doing I'll this? Google it. I do want to know. That makes me curious. You know what I think he's thinking? But if he's right, my mind is blown. He's probably thinking right on the front of the game, it says FX chip. And it does kind of look like the Super Scope logo, I think. Anyways. Ligadgets says, amazing. Jerry Terrifying Ah, ah. said, I used to get so hyped during the launch sequence in the first level when I was a kid. Good game, and I'm glad it introduced me to rail shooters. But my true loves in the genre, genre, are Panzer Dragoon and Omega Boost. Uh, I do love some Panzer Dragoon, which I think owes a lot to Star Fox, um, but did really kind of refine it. I have an update. Okay. No. Okay. Uh, scope does not work on it. I'm glad I'm not crazy. According to the Nintendo.wikia.com. Well, that never lies. Nope. <laughs> Ronnie Mnemonic says a classic. Michael Thompson, 82, said, Considering this was my choice for the patron pick, I probably should have... <clears throat> Sorry, I should probably say something about it. So this blows my mind, this comment. So just to fill everybody in, Michael Thompson has been voting on Patreon for what, two months? For this game? For this game. Yeah. For this game. Now listen to this comment. Okay. <laughs> so I should probably say something about it. I never played it before the SNES Classic was released. <laughs> and I played through the first level so I could unlock number two. They seem like fun, and I probably should put a little more more time into them. Unless you tell me otherwise. I'll leave the verdict in your capable hands. I can't believe he's just barely played them, and he's been voting for them all this time. <laughs> I thought it was some nostalgic. Yeah. yeah. So, Michael Thompson, I recommend you put a lot more time into Star Fox. Star Fox 2, just if you feel like it. Uh, that's why I really like hearing when Michael tells us about yeah. the games, because <laughs> I never know what his, what, yeah. his, what his history is with said game. <laughs> yeah, that's all amazing. Right. So, that was our fan feedback, Trevor. I think it's time for us to finally shut our mouths and roll a commercial, for goodness sakes. You are witnessing a new technology. The first and only game powered by the Super FX Microchip. Why go to the next level when you can go light years beyond? You are Fox McCloud in Star Fox, only for the Super Nintendo Entertainment. Thank goodness. Oh, I'm so glad we got a chance to shut up. But, Travis, time for us to talk again. Uh, for once, we both actually made a real uh, one of these, and it's time for the Bliss Quiz! Quiz.
right. Unlike mm-hmm. the past 15 episodes, we decided to actually do work this time and actually give you a real, honest to goodness, bliss quiz. I think we just cheaped out last time, but no, was it? I don't know. I feel like we've been cheap lately. So here's a legit bliss quiz, yeah. old-fashioned style. That's right. Go ahead and go, Johnny. Trevor, uh, of course, since uh, this is a game about Star Fox, all my questions are about foxes. Okay. They're all multiple choice, so you have a shot at all of these. Uh, I gave you a chance, because it's the kind of friend I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, which animal is the fox not related to? Okay. Dogs, wolves, jackals, hyenas. One of those they are not related to. Dogs. Incorrect. Ah. Hyenas. I was looking for hyenas. That's kind of an obvious one, but I thought maybe it was tricky. We nope. I overthink all the time. So this question is fun. What, <laughs> what inspired this game's concept? Should have mentioned this game was, this concept was created by Shigeru Miyamoto um, after they saw this impressive technology from the Argonaut company. Um, so was it inspired by a shrine to the fox deity, Okami? Was it inspired by Miyamoto watching a film that he thought at the time was Star Wars, but later turned out to be Spaceballs? <laughs> or was was it inspired by a Japanese theme park in Kyoto named World of Sky? It's it's hundred percent not right, but I have to go with the B. I have to go with it. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. <laughs> it was a f- so this is actually kind of cool. So there was a shrine to the fox deity Okami. Oh, okay. Which, by the way, there's a PlayStation Two game called Okami. This actually came out for the modern systems too. So that's kind of cool, but. To, to like get to the shrine, there was uh, uh, like arches you had to walk under. Yeah, and that's how he come up with the idea for Star Fox because you know you're always flying under arches and stuff. That is, that's so, interesting. Yeah, yeah. All right, Trevor, number two. It's score zero zero, of course. Okay. Uh, what does a fox use to hunt? Does it use its sharp teeth and claws? Does yeah. it use the Earth's magnetic field, or does it use a bow and arrow? One of those I gave you for free is not the answer. The first one sounds incredibly obvious, but the second one is so specific. So, I want to say tentatively A and B, but if I can only pick one, I'm going to pick B. You're picking the Earth's magnetic field? Sure. You got a point, Trevor. Yes. It's the only animal, there's other animals that they think use it, but the fox they know for sure does, according to the Mental Floss article I read. Huh. Yes. (laughs) Well... This is another weird question. All right, hit me. Due to the possible issue with the German company Star Vox, what was Star Fox for the Super Nintendo called in PAL territories? Okay. That's Europe, right? Yes. All right. Was it called Star McLeod, Lilat Wars, or Star Wing? Star Wing. That's right. That, I actually kind of knew that one, oddly enough. I thought I'd throw you off because I was thinking Lilat Wars, but that's what Star Fox 64 was called. Which is weird. Like, they just totally renamed it both times. So we are tied, my friend. Yep. It's coming out one last to one? question. Yep. That's, yes, we're tied at one to one. Okay. <laughs> last question, Trevor. In England, this is a true story I'm about to tell mm-hmm. you. In England, please pay attention to me. I am. <laughs> you always tune me out. <laughs> in England, a baby fox once got caught in a wire trap and it couldn't get out. What happened next? I'm going to give you three choices. One of these things actually really, truly happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, its mom brought it food every day. The dad never left its side. The other baby foxes mocked and laughed at it. <laughs> God, one or two seem possible. <laughs> oh, you didn't think three was real? 
<laughs> I worked hard on that. Uh, I'm 50-50. I should just toss a coin. Mom brought a food every day. Dad never left it side. Dad never left it side. Trevor, you were right that it was 50-50. Because uh, those were the two. But the correct answer is it's mom brought it food every day. That does make more sense. However, I did read and learn that uh, foxes are considered very good parents because the mom and the dad stay with the foxes until they're able to leave the nest on their own. Well, both yeah. do. So, yep. Well, Johnny, we both, first of all, I got to say, you got one question coming up, your chance to beat me. Yep. It's one to one. We both had fair, legit questions this time when we're still doing terrible. Yep. <laughs> but you can do better if you get this right. All right, let's do it. Johnny, which of these is not a real Star Fox game? Star Fox Assault, Star Fox Combat Phase, Star Fox Command. Would you like those again? No, I Which is that. not real. The second one. Star Fox Combat Phase? Yeah. That's right. I win! You won. Fair oh and square. <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't either. This day, I never thought it would happen. I've, you, you know, know what? everybody doubted me, including those two dudes. <laughs> and this is what I do. I prove them wrong. <laughs> time time you again. wish they cared enough to doubt you. <laughs> I wish I wish that what I said mattered to them just one ounce. <laughs> I don't even... There's no way, good way out of this. I got a great way. Okay. Patreon, Trevor. Uh-huh. Let's read our patrons. Oh, yeah. I pulled it up and then put them away. Yep. <laughs> so, don't read into that comment. So, if you go to patreon.com, it's an awesome time to join. Because we're going to be launching two new bonus episodes soon. Because That's right. Because we owe you two. Right out of our speakers. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh. That's almost worse than just flat out cussing. But don't do that. <laughs> that was, All right, so. That's a medical term. <laughs> no, it just gross me out, though. Is it a medical term? Yeah. Okay, got it right. <laughs> so, list of patrons. Let's Here we it. go. Yeah. Nick Stevens. Keith Jones. Bradley Boson. Daniel Chavez. Michael Thompson. Timothy McGowan. Caleb Dixon. Andrew Coed. Peter Panda. Anthony Mullen. Jason Bennett. Christopher M. Scholes. Jason Wilson. Keith Farnham. Dick Dougie. Sean Fritz. Thank you, everyone. You're the best things that ever happened to anybody. I was acting like I was them as characters on Star Fox. Oh, yeah, yeah I understood. But doing that poorly. Yeah, that's what I understood, I was... but I chose not to comment. Okay, that's probably the smart way to go with that. You know what? I feel like this was a kind of a... Giving up and not doing this anymore? Well, I was going to say, you know, I feel like this was a strong episode. Yeah. But then I remembered the first 15 minutes. Yeah, and that's where that it's was the strongest. That was off the rails bonkers. That's where it was the strongest, which is sad. Uh, Chris, uh, producer Chris, cut out the first 15 minutes and replace no. it. Replace it with sounds of actual foxes chattering. Because that's really weird and creepy. <laughs> Actually, I would rather you just put that at the end of this. Okay. Let's end this episode. Trevor, here's what we're going to do. Chris, uh, please keep that first 15 minutes. I think it's pure gold. Uh-huh. Until I go back and listen to it and then hate that I just kept talking about another podcast and doesn't care about us. Uh, but Trevor, ha- let's have a conversation. There's two foxes. <laughs> let's not. Push the stop button. What do you think of, what do you think of fox sounds like? See, I told you you should have stopped it. Yep. Now we're just foolish. Andros has again invaded the Lilat system. General Pepper has turned to a new Star Fox team, headed by Fox McCloud, to save Corneria and free the Lilat system once again.